0: In reality, the hotter your body can get, the quicker and faster it will kill off those bad guys. So there's a reason for that fever, and it's because those bacteria, microbes, viruses aren't super stable whenever it reaches those high temperatures.
1: I am Cheryl Whitten, and this is The Aromatherapist, where we discover the superpower of plants. One of the biggest problems in aromatherapy is conflicting information and crazy wild claims. All you have to do is search essential oils on the internet and you'll see what I'm talking about. So when you're looking for information, how do you know who to trust and how do you know what's right? Well, that's the reason I created this podcast and a course called Science of Aromatherapy. The Science of Aromatherapy course takes you through aromatherapy as a healing art and the history and modern use of essential oils. You'll learn the basics of aromatherapy, the science and chemistry of essential oils, contraindications and safety considerations, and clinical and personal applications. In this course, I take you through everything from how aromatherapy affects epilepsy and bleeding disorders, to drug interactions, allergies and sensitivities, and to use in pregnancy and breastfeeding, and even with children. We cover the main modes of application and profiles of the 10 most popular essential oils. By the end of the course, you'll understand the most common contraindications and safety guidelines, how to use essential oils, how to build a protocol, and how to choose, cross reference, and eliminate essential oils, as well as how to formulate, blend, and dilute essential oils, and so much more. So why should you learn from me? Well, I'm a clinical aromatherapist, and I've been working with essential oils for around 20 years. I've trained with some of the world's renowned botanists and aromatherapy experts, and I teach people all over the world about aromatherapy. I also happen to be a professional health writer and have published peer-reviewed research work in aromatherapy. It's no longer necessary to be confused about aromatherapy. Let me guide you to clarity. Visit livelovelemon.com forward slash science course to enroll. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Dr. Corinne Poulin, who is a naturopathic doctor. She graduated from Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine in Tempe, Arizona with a doctorate of naturopathic medicine after receiving her Bachelor of Science in biology with a minor in psychology at Sutton Hill University. She is licensed as a naturopathic physician in the state of Arizona. Upon graduation, she was given the Daphne Bladen Award for her commitment to naturopathic medicine, academic excellence, compassion, loving sense of humor, and a positive supportive outlook. After graduation, Dr. Poulin worked as a staff physician at the Holistic Urgent and Primary Care in Scottsdale, Arizona. So I talked to Dr. Poulin today about natural ways to boost the immune system, and we really dive into why it's so important that we take care of our immune system and how using supplements and herbs can actually help us. And there's a bit of a debate in the world about whether supplements are actually effective for the immune system, which, as you will hear me say, I think is the craziest thing and so much blatant disregard for the science around minerals and vitamins. And so I ask her about her opinion on these things and ask her to explain what we need to do, what we need to be looking for, what we should be giving our kids so that we can be healthy. And in this time in 2020, that our immune systems can be working at their optimal levels. And so without further ado, Dr. Corinne Poulin. So welcome to the show. And before we dive into things, can you tell us about yourself and
0: where you're from and how or maybe why you got into natural health? Sure thing. So my name is Dr. Corinne Pullen. I'm originally from Pennsylvania and then I ended up moving to Arizona for med school after undergrad. Originally, I was pre-pharmacy and this is where I saw firsthand just kind of the breakdown of the allopathic healthcare system and pharmaceuticals. So luckily for me, we actually had a supplement store attached to the pharmacy with like a self-taught herbalist. And she actually taught me a lot about the herbs and the vitamins and homeopathy. And eventually I came to learn about naturopathic medicine. It's not super big in Pennsylvania or most of the East Coast in general. So it was just a whole new concept. And I read a lot about it and decided to apply to the med school. And once I was accepted, I just felt such a sense of relief of just the direction of my career. And I was just honestly more excited about going there than going to pharmacy school, just in sense of like how I know that I could help people. And once I was in school, I just loved everything we learned. And now I just enjoy helping people, you know, just all across the country with naturopathic medicine.
1: That is really cool. That is like very expansive for me because I am an aspiring herbalist myself. So to hear that there's someone attached to a pharmacy is very cool. (laughs)
0: Yes, it was a one of a kind place. It was awesome. People traveled there from far away, so it was it was really cool to have that amazing
1: all right, so uh let's talk about the immune system today, and you, as a naturopath, obviously are very invested in our healthy immune system so and it's a highly appropriate topic for twenty twenty definitely yeah, but I find that we tend to have a negative view about. The immune system and how the body works and so we kind of think that or we're trained to think that when we get sick with a cold or something for example the symptoms are a negative thing so that the body and the immune system has failed and therefore now we're sick but actually it's the opposite and those symptoms are actually an immune response that indicates that the immune system is working so would you agree with that is that how you see the immune system and maybe you can explain exactly how the immune system works
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm so glad you're bringing this to light because I think you're right. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm sick. I have all this mucus. I don't feel good. Like, this is awful. But really, it's just, our body's intelligent way to kind of get rid of the virus, bacteria, or whatever the offending microbe is. So I like to put it in terms of, you know, the immune system works kind of like having your body's own military, just like ready to jump into action whenever, you know, a foreign invader presents itself. So, you know, the first step is really the body recognizing that foreign invader and tagging it for destruction. So this is when your body, you know, kicks into gear and starts building more antibodies or, you know, those soldiers to send in for the fight. And that's really when you start to feel more fatigued and tired. And you're like, oh no, I think I might be coming down with something because your immune system's kicking into gear and that's taking up a lot of your energy. Once these bacteria, virus, whatever, these foreign invaders start to die off, your immune system's doing its job. It's kind of killing it off. They don't go down easy. They like to release things. You know, they're called endotoxins or exotoxins. And really, they just like to create as much chaos as they can and as much inflammation as they can before they die. So this is whenever you start to see, you know, you're developing a fever, you know, you're having some diarrhea, you're having body aches. And that's really, you know, your body's way of saying, hey, we're doing our job. It's not fun, but it's also not fun to be attacked. So we're doing the hard part. Just hang in there with us. So your body will also start finding ways to help clean up these waste products or this inflammation. And this is really, you know, more of that snot and phlegm and mucus. It's trying to just get rid of it out of your body. So It is really, like you said, your immune system's fighting for you. And it's opposite of the fact, like your immune system's not failed. You're not sick because it's a negative thing. It's because your immune system's really working. And like what, just like you
1: said about the feeling fatigued or you feel like something is coming on is that's already your immune
0: system jumping into gear. Like it's, that's what's happening. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's important to not suppress all these things. So, like, your body's obviously sending you red flags for a reason. It's sending out these symptoms because it's doing its job. So, one, the first thing I always talk about is taking fever reducers like Tylenol, ibuprofen, that stuff. It's only going to prolong your illness, unfortunately. It might make you feel better short term. But long-term, you're probably going to be sicker for a couple days longer than you would be had you just let, you know, that fever run its course. Because in reality, the hotter your body can get, the quicker and faster it will kill off those bad guys. So there's a reason for that fever. And it's because those bacteria, microbes, viruses aren't super stable whenever it reaches those high temperatures. So, I mean, there are definitely times you want to control or create more comfort for those symptoms. But generally, fevers, letting those run its course is kind of good and, you know, telling moms that their kid, it's okay to have a fever. Sometimes they worry. But you know, the biggest thing for me is I say, if they're moving around, if they're playing and eating, then by all means, you know, just let the fever burn. But as soon as they start to become more lethargic or it gets to that 104, 105 temperature range, and that's Fahrenheit, if you guys are listening with the (laughs) Celsius region, that's really the time to start the start the natural thing to bring it down. So I mean I've seen homeopathics bring high temps down in just 15 minutes. And I mean, I know I got a little off topic, but fever is just something I really like to educate on. So, you know, going back to the immune system and how it works and everything, does that analogy kind of make sense?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I like that you brought up the fever because I mean, we are definitely parents are definitely told like this is a really bad thing. A fever is a bad thing. Like, you don't want your kid to have a fever. Oh my gosh, get out those reducers right away. And it's like you're saying, yeah, it's and the then, opposite.
0: It's funny because, exactly. And it's funny because we see, like, wow, these kids are having such high temperatures. It's crazy. But in reality, like, kids are the most vital. They haven't been inundated with medications and the world toxins and stuff yet. So they're really super vital. This is their body's way of saying, hey, I can fight this off and I can fight this off fast. And kids really they're the ones that get over things quicker. Um, They're the ones that have energy and are running around with a fever. Um, So in all reality, I think, you know, if it's in that safe range and if they're playing, just let it burn.
1: And I, you know, developing the immune system for kids, you know, is super important. It's a piece of how their immune system develops too, right? So allowing them to sort of work through it is, you know, you're not saying, okay, let's make our kids super uncomfortable and, you know, but, but allowing them to their bodies to work is good. It's good for them. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I mean, if they're uncomfortable, definitely like start with the cold packs on the neck and like the cold, wet socks and, you know, the oils to help bring down those fevers or the homeopathics to help bring them down. But really just educate yourself on ways to bring it down naturally at first, because so many of those things will work quickly. And then you won't even have to jump to, you know, the Tylenol, Motrin, Ibuprofen, that kind of stuff, which is great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, what about our mind and our emotions? How do our relationships and stress affect our our immune
0: system? Ooh yes <laughs> this is, yes. Cheryl, you hit it. This is a huge impact on our immune system, and generally it is kind of glossed over or not taken into consideration. but there's actually a developing field of study called psychoneuroimmunology, and this is kind of where they look at how the mind can affect the immune system functioning and you know there's at least one, if not several clear reasons that stress in our lives makes us more susceptible to illness. And, you know, that's stemming from one of the chief hormones and it's released under stressful conditions, cortisol. And, you know, cortisol, it's an interesting thing. It acts as an anti-inflammatory signal. Anti-inflammation, yeah, that sounds great and everything. They give you steroid packs, which is just pharmaceutically derived cortisol, cortisone, hydrocortisone, I'm sure you guys have heard of those, but those actually act as an off switch for your immune system. Because, you know, we talked about how it's preventing that inflammatory response that I described earlier to get rid of those foreign invaders. So that stress hormone is is really kind of opposing your immune system. And you know, whenever we have that stress, that cortisol rising, that can be from your job, that can be from relationships and I'm glad you brought that up because relationships can be a huge source of stress. I mean, I've seen people, you know, who have a hard time speaking up or standing up for themselves. And it's funny because they start to get more of those sore throat and cough symptoms because, you know, Mm -hmm. they stress about using their voice. They stress about speaking up.
1: Mm -hmm. And I mean, we even know just the unrelenting stress that is constantly activating your Mm -hmm. immune system eventually leads to like simple things, even like longer time to heal wounds like all of that kind of stuff. So it's a, it it is a huge piece of how your immune system functions for
0: sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We honestly, we inflict pain on our body by not respecting ourselves or if we're being in a stressful or poor relationship. And I think, you know, the best thing to do is begin to set those boundaries for other people, for yourself to make sure that you're in that healthy space and everything, you know, just setting boundaries can make such a big difference.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. So we talk a lot about boosting the immune system in natural health and wellness industry. And
0: I think that a
1: lot of that term, it's kind of a vague statement. And it's honestly, it's usually, I think, for legal reasons, when you're talking about a, a product that isn't a drug that doesn't fall like it doesn't fall into a prescription medication there's no you know major clinical trial behind this drug then mm-hmm. you can't really say you can't really make a bunch of bold claims right so so then we we use things, things like boost the immune system so what can you explain what that that means so what are we talking about when we're we're saying boost the immune system and is it actually like attempting to stimulate the cells to get them to work harder or faster or is it more about strengthening and balancing
0: yeah, and I mean, you know, we all see those asterisks of like immune boosting, a little asterisk not claimed by the FDA, I think. I think that's true. You bring up a good point, you know, if it's not pharmaceutical and it doesn't have those billions of dollars behind it, it's hard to make those claims, but really there's a few different things that, you know, immune boosting can mean and I'll kind of talk about a few of those different mechanisms, but we just have to be careful with how it affects the immune system you know if it's truly boosting the immune system or increasing its function then those type of things they can be you know not the best for those with autoimmune diseases as it could send them into a flare or you know boost their immune system to further ramp up the attack of their own body so you know echinacea for example can be great to take for cold and flu season but you know those on immunosuppressants or with autoimmune this is one that kind of ramps up that response in your immune system and those people shouldn't take it if you know you're autoimmune. But this is a big reason why you know working with a credible naturopathic doctor or an herbalist or someone who's been trained in these things is super important. As you know, broad claims and like quote natural products can still be harmful. You know if they're taken by the wrong person or at the wrong dose. And I mm-hmm. think people have that misconception of if it's natural, oh, it's fine. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, and I I, I want to talk about that auto, autoimmune disease for a minute because. So we on this show we talk about clinical aromatherapy, and that often comes up about, around um, autoimmune disease and essential oils and aromatherapy. That because they're they can be very stimulating. That people with autoimmune autoimmune disease shouldn't use it. Mm. Use aromatherapy medically mm-hmm. because it kind of engages an already confused immune system. But it mm-hmm. you know it, it's supposed to cause a flare. But it's not it, from the view of aromatherapy. It's not correct simply because. It's a really, that's a really simplistic view that because they're more adaptogenic and mm-hmm. they're more complex than just that one action of being, uh, of stimulating, for example. So, so someone who has autoimmune disease, they really need to pay attention to their immune system, right? Instead of sort of, we're, we're, we're usually suppressing the immune system in mm-hmm. autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. So how do you approach some of this then with, with autoimmune disease?
0: Yeah. You brought up the word adaptogenic. And I think I love that word because there are so many herbs that have what we call adaptogen qualities. And I mean, you know, these herbs, they're the ones being concentrated for essential oils. Um, I use them a little bit differently whenever we use like the different parts of the plant and process to like a less concentrated form. But it stands true that, you know, there are plenty of things that you can continue to use to support your immune system with autoimmune diseases and adaptogenic herbs. You know, we talked about how they work with your body to build a better response to stress and illness. And this is when you take them over time. These aren't ones, you know, that ramp it up pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. They're not ones that kind of send things into overdrive, but these are actually some of my favorite herbs. And, you know, these include rhodiola, astragalus ginseng holy basil and one of my favorites especially for like energy is licorice fruit oh, mm-hmm. and i just love the taste of it too <laughs> um but but those those are really those are all really pretty safe herbs and they also have like many different besides being adaptogenic and helping your body build that better response to stress and and illness you know, some are really great for anxiety or, you know, athletic recovery and even just adrenal fatigue. So, but going back, you know, there are definitely still some that people with autoimmune disease want to avoid. And I know I already brought up echinacea, Mm. cat's claws, one of them, and elderberry is super, super common right now. They have elderberry gummies, elderberry syrup, elderberry lozenges. It tastes great and and it is great for your immune system. But, you know, those with like rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's, lupus, they, they may suffer from too much stimulation, but it's really a case by case basis. So, you know, that's when it's best to either avoid it or really work with a doctor to see, you know, does this work for me? Can I, can I start to take some of these things too?
1: Yeah. And, I, and, and that's a really good point. I mean, don't try and do this stuff by yourself because there's, yes. especially with autoimmune disease, like and I specifically have Hashimoto's disease, so I am acutely familiar with this. But there's there can be many different root factors to it as well. So then there actually can be multiple things going on besides... Hashimoto's disease. So then when you are trying to do one thing, it can be messing up hormones in one area. You know, so you could just be, if you don't have tests and some guidance, you can just be making a mess of it. So definitely. That's so
0: true. That's so true. And I mean, I think that's a testament to naturopathic docs in general because we really focus on that holistic view. Treat the whole person is one of our principles. And, you know, we don't just see the Hashimoto's. We also see, you know, is this stemming into you having gut problems? Is this also stemming into you having... you know some focus issues or some anxiety issues weight issues all of these can be stemming from it or they could be the cause of it so like you said testing is is really really important to make sure you're not messing up one totem pole of all the other ones
1: yeah exactly okay so i'm curious just for the the everyday person who generally has good health and we're looking at strengthening the immune system and sort of you know having a healthy response in general so Do you have suggestions on how we do that? How do we keep our immune system generally healthy so that we can combat whatever's coming at us? Do we focus on lifestyle and then sort of double down on tools when we need something coming on? Or how do you like to look at that?
0: Yeah. I mean, definitely you hit the nail on the head. The best thing to do is, you know, make sure you're leading a healthy lifestyle. And, you know, this looks like eating a balanced diet, your fruits and veggies each day, avoiding those fast food, processed food sugars, getting enough sunlight each day, some form of movement each day. I mean, even 20 minutes of walking can do the trick. I really like to teach my patients to stimulate their vagus nerve Mm. and this nerve promotes relaxation in the body and you know this can be done by deep breathing humming or gargling but that's really something to kind of get you out of that stressful mode of your body just sitting in and it really promotes that relaxation in the body um and then last but not least is sleep which i think is a huge factor in your immune system i mean sleep is when your body gets to clean up go to work you know rid the body of waste move your lymph around and just reset for the next day And then, you know, I I do believe that most people need a good multivitamin and possibly a probiotic daily as, you know, food and soil is just kind of more depleted of nutrients than ever. So unfortunately, we do need to do our due diligence of adding these things back into our diet. And, you know, that'll just kind of set you up for the best response should you come in contact with bacteria or virus.
1: Do you have a specific type of like, are you preferring to see soil-based probiotics or... Like, do you have a certain type that you want to see people taking?
0: Yeah. So probiotics, there are three main types, you know, there is that soil-based spore forming. um, There's that lactobacillus and bifidobacillus kind of combo. That's your general probiotic. And then there's also the Saccharomyces boulardii. So, you know, getting a broad spectrum one, typically the spore forming ones are separate than the... General blends, but you can kind of alternate um, doing those. I mean, even easy ways to make sure that you know your terrain is kind of doing good is having some fermented foods each day, a couple forkfuls, and then making sure you're getting enough prebiotics or that good fiber food to feed those once they're in there. Um, so, those are your beans, your legumes, um, your fiber foods. Perfect.
1: And so what do you what do you usually take on when you start when we start to get sick? What are your first steps? When you feel something coming down coming yeah. down the pipe. <laughs> yeah. So
0: as soon as soon as you yeah, as soon as you start to feel like something's coming, you know, you want to do all those things that we talked about doing daily like times five. Like going to bed earlier, gentle movement, it's not the time for tough workouts, you know. Even you know, getting nutrient dense foods, but believe it or not, if you don't have much of an appetite and that that is a symptom of, you know, not feeling good, fast. Fasting is, you know, one of the most beneficial things when we're sick you know unless you're pregnant or you have a medical condition you know that's not the time to be fasting but it really gives the body all the energy directly uh, to the immune system so it's not for digesting not for moving food through the bowels but if you're not having that appetite that's because your immune system saying hey i need to focus over here but that's not to say like if you are having an appetite you you go for all, all all those nutritious meals. I mean, it's not the time for the greasy burger or fried chicken mm-hmm. or ice cream, but definitely like stay hydrated, <laughs> drink that bone broth or electrolytes and then you know, start getting those supplements on board. And I think, you know, some of those basics for immune support and I think people are honing in more on this season than ever, is that vitamin C, zinc, um, higher doses of vitamin D3, a probiotic, you know. Herbs can be super useful. Like we did talk about elderberry and echinacea, uh, when to use them and when to not. But I mean, herbs can be very specific. There can be herbs for a wet cough versus herbs for a dry cough. Herbs Mm -hmm. for pain and cramping. And like that's, that's really when it's useful, again, to, you know, talk to your herbalist or your naturopathic doc. Other things that are helpful... Are you know immunoglobulins and colostrum, and that'll help promote that healthy gut. You know, it helps your body to have a smoother response and get over your sickness a lot quicker.
1: Mm-hmm, for sure. And there's a lot of commentary about vitamins and supplements and how they mm-hmm. don't work for the immune system. Mm-hmm. I have some very major opinions about that. and the blatant disregard for science of herbs and vitamins, it's it's mind blowing, but I'm curious Mm -hmm. about what you think about it. You're suggesting taking a good multivitamin. Mm -hmm. Should we get it from our food first? And what about the people who don't eat healthy or balanced diet? Like what 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 does the science say about this actually?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wholeheartedly believe and I really do try and teach patients that, you know, diet and food comes first. You know, why pay for a supplement if you can get it through food, especially whenever that food comes prepackaged with all these other great things that we might not have figured out yet. Plus, you you do want those vitamins and supplements to do just that. You want them to supplement a healthy diet. You know, you can't, I always say you cannot out supplement a poor diet. And unfortunately the U S we have the sad diet, the standard American diet, and it speaks for itself. It is pretty sad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lots of processed foods, (laughs) poor oils, um, very little to any, you know, fruits and veggies. So, you know, starting starting by just looking at these foods, those use up your vitamins just to break down. And then you don't have much left to run your body optimally. Whereas when you start to eat those fruits and veggies and whole proteins and healthy fats, you know, you're getting those vitamins and nutrients in those foods to process those foods, but then left over to keep, you know, your hormones and detoxing process and brain health in check. So, you know, the first thing to focus on is to really add in fruits and veggies to every meal as they have the highest density of vitamins and nutrients and whatnot, even herbs and spices, you know, adding those in. But I mean, going back to what I was saying about the multivitamin, it's, it's a give and take because if you're going to take the one a day multivitamin from the shelf at Walmart, it's, it's not going to be giving you enough of each vitamin. It's not going to be very effective. And you know, one thing that you really have to look at is the form of these vitamins because if you're taking a very inexpensive multivitamin typically they have the cheapest form of those vitamins in it which means they're not super absorbable it takes more work for your body to use them so to me I'd say you know just just skip it if you're gonna, if you're going to go for those but I think most people would benefit from a multivitamin with you know all the vitamins all the minerals and these are ones that have been kind of formulated best for your body. So these are those methylated B vitamins that give you energy. Those are these bisglycinate, zincs and things that make it easier for your body to absorb. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, one of my favorite multivitamins. It's on my website. It's listed under, you know, my spotlight supplements. It's a brand I trust. All the ingredients are active form and high enough doses to actually make a difference as well as having like very little amount of fillers or binders. And, you know, that's not the case with all the vitamins you find at the local store that are, you know, gummies or tablets. And I just think it's so hard because there's such a mass market for all these things that consumers get confused. They get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And they do. They do it with with their best interest in mind. They go to the store, they get these vitamins. They say, hey, I'm taking this. Hey, I'm taking this. I'm like, okay, well, what's the dosage? What's the form? And I educate them, you know, your body's not able to absorb that form. It's probably likely going in the toilet. And unfortunately, it might even be making you, your body work harder to try and use it. So let's switch it up. And people, people understand that they're thankful, you know, whenever they get pointed in the right direction, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I I like what you said too about, about you can't, you know, out supplement a poor diet. Like we cannot be eating fast food every day and then trying to take mm-hmm. a multivitamin. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. Right. Um, yeah. But, but most people, even if they are trying to eat healthy and eat a balanced, clean mm-hmm. diet, they're not maybe doing it enough or they're not quite right, getting right. everything they need.
0: Right. And we're also at this point where, you know, our soil is pretty void of nutrients. Mm-hmm. It, there's, not, there's not as much vitamin C um, in oranges as there was 50 years ago. You know, they track these things. There are studies showing you know, you have to eat like several pounds of broccoli to match what the nutrients used to be in like a few cups of broccoli so many years ago. So that speaks a lot to, you know, how much you may or may not be getting, even if you are eating healthy.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, Exactly.
0: My favorite supplement for autoimmune that I try and get everyone on is the fish oil and not just any fish oil, you know, high dose of pure quality fish oil also combined with plant sterols. And, you know, those have been shown to, you know, reduce the inflammation, which is a key feature of most autoimmune disease, as well as modulate the Th1 to Th2 ratio of that immune system. And that off balance is seen in autoimmune disease. You know, and vitamin D is talked a lot about autoimmune needs it even more. And I think it's so helpful to get tested for vitamin D because you might need a lot higher doses to get your levels up more quickly, um, knowing that they're low than like the safe three to 5,000 a day once you're at the normal level. Um, Mm. I mean, vitamin C is safe as well, just as long as there isn't any history of kidney stones, then we have to remember to keep that magnesium ratio in balance. But really, especially to those with like autoimmune, you know, that vitamin D is super important, especially if you know, you're getting pregnant or want to get pregnant, you want your vitamin D levels to be superb because this will help decrease chances of then your baby's future risk of developing autoimmune later in life as well, which I just find super fascinating. Mm-hmm. It
1: totally is. Well, and vitamin D is a hormone. It's not actually a- Exactly. A vitamin. So it's very critical for health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And And as Canadians, so where I, in the province I live, they no longer, like our government is- Pays for healthcare, and Mm -hmm. they no longer cover vitamin D testing because the assumption is that everyone in Canada is vitamin D deficient, and so everyone, like we don't need to test you. We know you're low in vitamin D. Take vitamin D. Yes, and so they they just tell you that like you should. That should be part of your program every
0: day. Yes. I mean, even in the U.S., even if, I mean, I used to live in Arizona and still like 90% of the patients I would see were vitamin D deficient. And, you know, we lived in the Valley of the Sun and we had all the opportunity to get that from the sunshine. And, you know, I think that's part of the conversion factor too. You have to take into consideration, um, is that vitamin D usable? But everyone, honestly, everyone could be on vitamin D every day and then just increase it during cold and flu season a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, making sure that even kids are getting it. Um, at a young age too. Yeah. And you want the the D3, correct? Yes. Yes, definitely the vitamin D3. And usually I like to actually give it with the uh, K2 as mm-hmm. one supplement because the vitamin D3, K2, they're synergistic in how they work in the body. And you... Also, hear about vitamin D working with calcium for bone health. Um, vitamin D can actually, as it starts to get higher in the blood, can start pulling out calcium of the bones because it wants to match that calcium vitamin D ratio in the blood. That vitamin K2 kind of blocks that from happening. It says, Hey, I'm with vitamin D out here in the blood. We don't need as much calcium out here right now. You stay in the bones, and I'm going to send you some vitamin D into the bones to fortify you even better. So especially for those who are susceptible to any kind of osteoporosis, osteopenia. Um, But just in general, when you're taking those higher doses, I like to just pair it with that K2 just to be on the safe side anyways.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So what do we do with our kids? How do we build up our kids' immune system?
0: Yeah. I mean, going back to that vitamin D, I mean, I think even pediatricians are on board with this at this point, you know, breastfeeding moms get at least 6,000 a day to pass to baby and have enough for yourself, but you can get those vitamin D drops for your baby and give those to your toddler and kids, you know, the dosages range based on like age and weight. Um, But then on top of the vitamin D probiotics. We mm-hmm. talked about how your gut health is so linked to immune health and setting this, setting your kids up for success with the probiotics from a young age can really help. Um, and that's something that you can do from infancy. One of my favorites is that Claire Infant Therabiotic Powder. It's super easy to mix into like milk or just have them, you know, suck it off your pinky finger. Um, and as they grow older, you can mix a powder with applesauce and everything. But same thing we talked about with adults, you know, getting that good diet, getting them enough sleep, a diet with variety, you know, keeping an eye on the amount of processed food they're getting, high fructose corn syrup, sugar. And, you know, moms, this even includes, you know, finding a peanut butter without added sugar or, Mm. you know, the low to no sugar ketchup and dipping sauces that kids love. So really looking at those. And then, you know, there are good chewable multis for kids four and up. i not talking about the Flintstones or the gummies, unfortunately, that we used to have. Um, there's a few companies that make really good ones, you know, without a lot of binders and fillers that have those ready for the kids to use, too. I think one more thing... That I like to advocate for your kid's health is being wary of when antibiotics are necessary versus not, especially at such a young age, because that can kind of set your immune system up for success in the future if you don't have a lot of antibiotics as a kiddo.
1: Yeah. And there's lots of, lots of things, plants and things like even essential oils that you can use for like symptoms that are, that are relieving, but they're safe for kids to use too. So, and I think stress too, for kids.
0: Oh my gosh, I feel that too. I just my heart goes to these kids as parents finding ways to help them cope with that, you know, talking them through it, saying, "Hey, I get what you're going through and I'm sorry you have to deal with this, but this is part of life and we need to find ways that you can cope with it because it's not going to go away." And mm-hmm. teaching your kids, you know, how how to do that, whether that means quiet time for them or if they need to go run around or if they want to sit down and color and focus on something else, you know, giving their them time and space, and even you know, those hugs whenever they don't know that they need it, you know, that'll really help their stress too.
1: Okay, so we talked a little bit about just health perspective and how we view the body, and I feel like we're sort of on the edge of changing how we view health, even just in traditional western medicine how do you think changing the way we view the body and the immune system impacts our approach to health and maybe first as a practitioner and how we approach patient care but then also as individuals in how we look after ourselves
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean as practitioners i think we can start by becoming familiar with ways to empower our patients you know just to take their health back into their own hands and i think you're right i think this westernized medicine Um, Has been out of touch for many as we became more and more dependent on doctors and prescriptions over the years. You know, we go there because they have a pill for every ill, um, and we just think, you know, well, I can't do anything. I just need to go to the doctor, get a script, and they'll take care of it. You know, we 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 need to start talking about how our everyday life affects our health long term, and you know, that can make a difference between us getting sick more often or getting over a cold quicker when we do come in contact with something. Um, And healthy habits. I know we kind of talked about this. Really create that we need to view our body as our biggest ally. Like another tenet of naturopathic medicine is the body's innate ability to heal itself. Mm. And I find this so beautiful. I mean, this is God putting our body in a place where we can heal ourselves given the right conditions. So whether we need to get more nutrients, more vitamins, you know, give more rest, we just need to give our body more of what it needs and less of what is kind of gunking up our system with this like toxins and nutrient void foods and pesticides and air and water being dirty. So, you know, it's, it's more important than ever to, you know, purify that water and change your air, air filters and eating the dirty doesn't organic to avoid that pesticide exposure. And I think just, you know, dive into it, take your health on as like you're you're the champion of your health. Doctors should be working beside you and Giving you the path, the direction, but they don't need to, you know, hold your hand through it all. And I think that's kind of where we need to break away from this paradigm of changing our health.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think too that we are, we have such a, a, a view of we are like a separate, everything is separate in the body, but it's, that's not true at all. Everything is so interconnected. You're one being. And you talked about the psycho immunology mm-hmm. earlier, mm-hmm. which has led to that re-establishment that it's not your mind and your body, yet your mind is your body. And just that holistic view. And I think that simply by looking at switching the way we look at the immune system, even just simply looking at it from this is here for my benefit. It's working. It's not failing
0: you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's not one part that's broken. We, you know, we need to give our body everything it needs to fix the whole system and have that holistic view. Like you said, treat the whole person is really what it boils down to. Exactly.
1: Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. And I just love these conversations. It's so important. So thank you so much for being here. And where can some of our listeners find out more about you?
0: Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking about this super important topic with you today. They can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Poulin, D-O-C-T-O-R-P-O-U-L-I-N, um, as well as check out my website, lonestarnaturalhealth.com. I actually have a special running right now for immune supplements on my website. If you want to check that out. And then last but not least, I am accepting new clients. So if you don't have a naturopathic doc on board, or if you've been looking for the right fit for you, please set up a free 15 minute consult. I, you can do that on my website. You can email me at Dr pull in at gmail.com just to see, you know, what mat- what naturopathic medicine is all about and just what I can offer you on your health journey. I'd love to be a part of it.
1: Beautiful. And right now telemedicine in here in Canada, it's yes. like all the thing right now and it's a perfect time. Yes. To sit at home and talk yes. to the doctor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. I'm actually fully based uh, for telehealth right now. Um, and that's really just because I want to help as many people as I can. And I think people are so on board with it right now too.
1: Absolutely. For sure. All right. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to meet you. All right. Thank you, Cheryl. All right, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening today. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. For show notes and more information on essential oils, please visit livelovelemon.com forward slash podcast and we love to know what you're up to and how you're using your essential oils so head over to instagram and find us at the aromatherapist podcast my name is cheryl witten and i am your aromatherapist we have to share with you this obligatory disclaimer Information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical advice or for professional aromatherapy consultation. If you need medical care, please visit your physician. Speak to your primary care provider, pharmacist, and a qualified aromatherapist before commencing any programs.